What's going on, everybody? Welcome in. Happy Sunday or Monday, something like that, whatever you're listening to another episode of Living the Guard Life. I'm Jacob. That's Nick. Down there, that's Mr. Roger First. We are brought to you, as always, by our friends over at Homage Apparel, the best apparel company in the business. If you are listening to this and it's still Sunday, we have 20 to 40% off store-wide this weekend. So if you're listening to the audio version of this, it's going to drop on Sunday. If you're watching the, the video on YouTube, I'm sorry, it's Monday and sale's over. Anyway, if you are new here, thank you so much for joining us. Please hit that subscribe button, that like button if you're checking us out on YouTube. If you're on Apple Podcasts, uh, continue, please go rate the show. Four or five stars, two stars. I don't really care. Just rate the show. Leave a leave kind of a, a review and tell us how we're doing. We really, really appreciate it. If you want to help the, the channel further, uh, you can join a membership to the YouTube channel, $2.99 a month. Some early... Um, early access to some videos. We got some exclusive betting content and other things like that that'll be coming up for the channel members as well. So uh, we're going to continue some discords, uh, get servers getting set up and stuff throughout this week so we can try to add more stuff there. I'm doing the second annual charity fundraiser. Uh, it was announced last week. There's a description down below. Uh, we're raising money for um, Project Sanctuary, which helps to let all military families heal. It's not just focused around helping the veterans, but, uh, but their families going on retreats and uh, helping them develop, you know, coping mechanisms and some uh, communication skills and stuff so they can get back together. Listen, for every $50 donated, I will get shot with a paintball gun up to 20 times without a shirt on. So that is what is going to happen. Um, so please, if you're so inclined, consider uh, donating to that. Guys, how are we on this Sunday afternoon? You know what? I'll tell you what. All of a sudden, we're stringing together a few series wins here. Starting to, you know what? I feel like every time we're recording, it, especially lately, it's been on a high note, and that is no coincidence because uh, what a weekend. I, I, you know what? I, I tweeted this. What a week. What a week. Yeah. What yeah. a week. I All of a sudden, it's June. The bats are hot. P mm. Pitching's been good. I, I really feel like the, the, the Guardians could have swept the Astros, if not mm. for a couple of miscues. Um, I, I'd just like to start personally. I was there Friday night for that 14-inning marathon the place was packed it was dollar dog night there were fireworks the guardians were giving out a t-shirt to the first i think twenty thousand fans fifteen thousand fans um it, it was it was a great environment you, you you know it's friday night you get people down in the ballpark it's it's they they had the perfect environment to 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 really put on a show and damn did they it was it was so much fun i'm having fun how you feeling roger oh uh, you know what, guys? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, man, what a great week. Like Jacob said, a week, almost two weeks of baseball going back to the curve series. Uh, yeah. Oh, before I forget, I want to give my Bulldog 55 update. Um, Saturday, he, he usually don't start. He likes to uh, come in and close and beat a hammer. But uh, they used him to start. He pitched his limit. Uh, he threw four no-hit innings. And the rich kids over in Revere, even their mommies and daddies couldn't buy him a hit off my Bulldog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, other than that, yeah, man, you know what? They they, they were this close to sweeping the Red Sox. Um, man, that was – and it, but it started, you know, started with splitting the series with the Twins. You know, we didn't go up. We didn't go down in the division. It was like they weren't even played. We came out of it the way we went into it. And, and since that time – and I think if, if you date it back to the bird, you know, with Brennan or with uh, Hosey's uh, walk-off, um, Yep, they've been playing. They've been playing baseball, man. They've been, you know what? I, like I told Jacob, I said on Twitter, 
I wish there was somebody, a podcast that told you, just just sit back, just wait. They're, long, they're contact hitters. They're going to keep swinging the bats, and the baseball is going to start finding holes. And that's exactly what has happened. You know, if they are big swing home run hitters and they were that bad um, for um, two months, I would, the season's over. You know what I mean? But these are contact hitters that know how to put the bat on the ball. They know how to protect the plate, and and they know how to how to how to hit, hit the baseball. And that's what they're doing right now. And now the baseball's finding holes, man. I did want to say thank you to the one person that listened to the audio version last week on Apple Podcasts, and I hope you're listening again. So thank you. Um, all right, I got some numbers. I got some numbers here. I I, I was listening. Right. Hammy gave me this first number, but I was looking up some some of the stuff. About some of the recent situations. So uh, they're 10 and 6 in the last three weeks. So uh, 10 and 6 overall, 6 of the last 8. They win 6 of the last 8. They go 4 and 2 on this homestand against the Sox and the Astros. In the last 8 games, so they go 6 for their last 8. In the last 8 games, they're averaging 5.5 runs a game, uh, which is just significantly better than what they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the final game of the Red Sox series and the first game of the Astros series, they went back-to-back 10-run games. So they dropped 20 runs in two games in that series. And yeah. I was not – and then you had what? The big game, the they did they – what they score against the Cardinals, 11 or something like that? They had that 11-run game last week. Yeah. And so you're, you're, you've now seen – I don't remember how many double-digit run games they had prior to this, but it didn't feel like three. So, yeah. you know, you get two back-to-back and that sort of thing. So in terms of, hey, this is the bats coming alive, that, that's – listen, they were averaging, right. what, like two runs a game, three yeah. runs a game, somewhere around there. Now you're in the last eight, you're at five and a half, and you've gone well over five several times. Wait, you know what? I'll, I'll put a little perspective on that. Say the Guardians continue to average five and a half runs per game. I know that's a tall order. I get that. That would currently rank as the fourth best runs per game average in the MLB behind only Texas, Tampa Bay, and L.A., which yeah, for, for a team that has taken, and deservedly so, a ton of flack for the batting, for the hitting, and, and the struggles, um, that's, I mean, I don't care. I don't care how you're scoring the runs. You know what? And that's why they, they, they've called it disgusting Guardians baseball, and, and teams can say whatever they want. I don't care if it, if it takes one swing and it's going over the fence or if you're putting guys all on base and you're getting them home that way. Five and a half runs in game is five and a half runs in a game no matter how you score them. Are you ready for this? I am. So the Guardians have scored uh, against the Astro, Astros in this series. Obviously, I talked about the the 10. I just looked this up because I was actually curious. I didn't actually know I was going to find this stat, but I looked it up because I was curious about this. So they, the Guardians in their three games against the Astros. You stupid. Listen, every time I keep looking things up on ESPN, I click on this ad for Apple Music. I've done it all day, and it's been pissing me off. All right. Uh, 10, 4, and 5, the Guardians scored. Do you know what the where the Astros rank in Team ERA? Oh, that's right, best in the major leagues. They have the best ERA, and the Guardians drop ten, four, and five on them. The Guardians are sixth. The Guardians are sixth in all of baseball in ERA themselves at three seven three. So if you continue to score five and a half runs a game, and you continue to pitch the way you are pitching, you are going to win a ton of baseball games. Yep, yep, and and you know. We get, we're going to get this, oh, you're the worst division in baseball, you're, you know, uh, whatever, man. 
the fact is that in the beginning of the year, we weren't hitting the baseball. Uh, we blew 11 saves. You win nine of those 11 saves that you blew, and you get those. And we're right up there with Tampa Bay and Baltimore and, and Texas. And, you know, we're, we're up there with 30-plus wins at that, you know, whatever it is. Um, they, man, it, the, the way that they're playing baseball, they're, you know, I love a three-run home run. You know, you get two base hits, or you get a walk and a base hit and a big bomb, a 490-foot bomb. And then you're up 3 nothing, and then you might get another hit in the fifth inning. With the Guardians, you get three doubles in a row, a hit batsman, a bunt, a single, and you got people running around the bases scoring. It's way more exciting baseball, man. Way more exciting baseball for me, man. We had three doubles in a row the other night, and they just kept hitting. If, if Houston scored, we scored, man, and they get a run across the plate. It was so exciting. They never give up, man. They never give up. They keep. They just keep battling. They do not quit, and that is what they had last year. Mm-hmm. That is what they had last year, and over the last two series, the last week and a half, that's what I've seen starting with the Cardinals series. Is a team that doesn't give up. You know, they don't pack it in. There's some of those games they lost, but they fought until the last last out of the ballgame, to the 27th out, or, or the 24th out, whatever the case was. They fought until the end of the game. You know what? We, we talked a couple episodes ago about – it was so nice to see the Guardians come back um, in that fashion because it was a reminder of last year. And here we are a couple weeks later, and all of a sudden we're saying, hey, this really does start to feel like the team was playing last year. It, it, it might have took a little while, but here yeah. it is. It's happening right in front of us. And, and I'll tell you, I bet on the Guardians to win the division. I believe. They, oh. The Twins are still favored. So did our boy Zach. He just dropped 100 bucks on it. Yeah. Okay. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he did. He said, he said, I've seen enough. <laughs> and he dropped a hundred bucks on them to win the central. I can't blame him. I, I, I think when, when you look at, at our, between our pitching and the way that they are swinging the bat right now, I don't think anybody, I don't think the twins are, are as good as, as, as the guardians Whoa. are playing right now. I, I certainly don't think so. And, and one thing I know for sure is, is the, the Roger, the way you mentioned the, the heart that they played with and Jacob, you did too. Yeah, I just, yeah. it's, it's so like Will Brennan and shout out to him and, and just the way that, that, that he has just caught fire and it really seems to have inspired the team. They just, uh, I don't know the stat, so I don't want to misquote it, but the way that the guardians set a record for the most times of, of t- either tying it or the back and forth of the series, On Friday, either tying or going ahead after the seventh inning. Um, yeah. yeah, they, they mm-hmm. shattered a record of being consecutive innings in a row and ended up with the W. Yeah. It's ridiculous, man. Baseball history. Did that game, can I say like how bad of a person I am for that game? Every time the Astros scored in the top, I went, ah, it's over. But I didn't turn it off because that's, that's how the guards were early in the year. If they got a lead late in the game, they they could often hold it, but if they gave up the lead or fell behind by a run and it was the bottom of the ninth or the bottom of the tenth or whatever it was, early in the year they just didn't have the bat production to to handle it. And so I was having a little bit of PTSD from the early of early innings, uh, early games of the season where I was just like, oh, I don't know. But I just I was sitting on my couch and and I'm still battling to actually get to see these games, so I'm just. Pre- traditionally just listening to them which listen i'm doing a lot of projects outside and enjoying the great outdoors and 
I cut the grass the other day with with uh, headphones on. Um, yesterday, I was listening to the game while I was cutting the grass, you know, and it was having a good, the beginning of the game. Because I also, by the way, I went and watched that live-action Little Mermaid last night. Phenomenal. Really? It was great. It was yeah. a great time, except the actor that played Triton. He sucked. Anyway... He was. He phoned it in. He did not look like he was happy to be there. But I tell you what, the guy they got playing Prince Eric, total hunk. Anyway, I was just like, ah, this. It, it's it. Okay, they had their shot. If they could have kept it tied in the bottom of the tenth, then they tied it. And I was like, okay. They go to the eleventh. They fall down again. I was like, oh, okay. They the twelfth and the thirteenth. And I'm just like, what are we doing right now? And then finally they were in that position with it tied where they had just a really favorable situation to get a run. Because, you know, that's all they needed. And we're like, okay, they're in this position, they're in this position. And then they did it and I just collapsed on the floor. And it was just like, like Roger said just a second ago, man, like that's exciting baseball. Like, that's yeah, a lot of fun. My heart was pounding, man. I was, geez, that's exciting. Like I said, a 400, 500 foot home run is just fabulous. I love it. But man, to just hit, hit, double, double, three doubles in a row, and you just jumping. I just jumped up out of the chair, man. And it, that's fun baseball. You know, yeah. watching the overthrow, and the guy's going home. We score a run. We're making them throw the baseball around and make mistakes, man. Because that's, like you said, dirty baseball, man. And, and to get it done, geez, it was a, it was a good night. Today, you know, uh, we, we blanked we blanked the Houston Astros, the world champion Houston Astros. We shut them out today, man. You know, yeah. um, they're playing great baseball. And, uh, man, we're here for it. Like Nick always says, we're here for it. You know? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, somebody else who's really who's really been stepped up. Josh Naylor has seven wow. RBIs in his last five. Yeah, and it just feels like it always comes at such a such a wow. needed time. And 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 you know between that and you know uh, uh, Josh Bell uh, had three hits today as well. It's like yeah. all of a sudden these these guys that you brought in for power are hitting the hitting the crap out of the ball. We were beating Bell up this morning, me and of course you know the guy Angels and Hiram and you know us we're beating Bell up, and he, so we're going to do it again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get three. Hey, look at this from Zach Meisel. Um, Josh Naylor's last month. He's hitting 410. His slash line is 410, 462, 687. 687 is elite, man, for uh, slugging percentage. That's a stupid He's in the baseball, man. He's on fire. When he hit that one and hit the top of the wall, and I thought it was out, and again, I think it was more exciting of a game because it hit the top of the wall and he got a double out of it. Yeah, man, I'd love to walk off at that point, but the game just got better. That's hindsight because we won. You know, had we got the L, uh, we would have wished Naylor just put it out and ended it right there. But man, they just kept hitting the base. You know what? He didn't hit it over the fence. We didn't win. They said, okay, then we're going to just keep hitting the baseball with you. Yeah. Um, I love it. I used to play on a softball team in uh, – we were cocky, man. We were sponsored by Steel Sports, and on the back of the shirt, we instead of our name, we just had hit with me, or hit with us. That's what it said, hit with us. And that's how I feel about this guy, hit with us, man. We're going to hit. Um, I love it. I, you know, there's a couple things that went on. Um, did you see that uh, police act? And I, I said this when they uh, outrighted him, that he cleared waivers, um, and he's back in Columbia with the Clippers. Yeah. Yep. Um, he's talented. Yeah. 
he, he has a lot of talent. He's a good pitcher. He just need to get his head right. Um, I understand why they're keeping him there and letting you know, let's see. You know, you already invested in him. Let's see what, what we can do with him. Who knows? Maybe you can make a bullpen guy out of him, you know, if you can get his head right and he can grow up. Um, but that was the other bit. Um, there was another move made. Um, oh, Kar- uh, Karachek. Karachek yeah. sat down, and I saw Tito. I was watching, and he, I saw the, where he was talking about it, and he said it was a difficult conversation. He's an elite setup man when his head is right and when he's throwing right. Actually, they sent him down, and he was actually, his numbers, I don't have them in front of me. I'm not going to misquote him, but he was climbing. He hadn't really made a mistake in a, in a couple games, and they still sent him down. Um, I don't know if it was so much a performance thing. At first, I didn't think it was a performance thing. Is to clear some. He just pitched. He wasn't going to go. Let's see if we can you know, make some. But um, I don't know, man. Um, he's elite. When his head is right, Karen Check is a setup man that, that, that you know, like old uh, Jackson that used to set up for Mesa. You knew it was going to the ninth inning as is when he came out onto the mound. Um, and that's when Karen Check is on, that's the way it is. You're going to the ninth inning. Um, I hope they get him fixed, man. I really do. Get him some baggier pants. You know, let him breathe out there. He won't be so wound up. And, um, Man, I hope they get him fixed because he's an elite put, uh, setup man. He could, he could probably close in the major leagues if he had his head right. So I want to look to the, the thing that we really want to talk about, um, in it, and that's Bo Naylor. Because it, the weekly segment on here about Bo Naylor, I'm going to read these. It's kind of a lengthy thing, but I wanted to read these quotes from from the guard, from guards assistant GM um, James Harris, his thoughts. Yes, yes, read that. I read these, that today. Yeah, he's got two. Que- he's asked two questions, and these are his thoughts, and these are in response to Bo Naylor. And then I want to kind of get you guys' thoughts on it overall. So the first question he was asked was, uh, "What has Bo Naylor made? What has Bo Naylor Bo made strides on since spring training, and what's left that he can improve on?" Let's start offensively. What you've seen of what he's done offensively has been nothing short of impressive against advanced pitching against lefties. He's starting to control the top of the zone, which is something that you were hoping that he would work on this year. Those are things that he has made improvements on and it's been impressive. We're also working on his receiving. We're trying to figure out, was it a depth issue or a glove path issue? Definitely working on that, which that's interesting to hear kind of like we are directly working on, on these sorts of things. Uh, that's improved as well. Working on his throwing, he made a throwing error the other day. I mean, that's common in baseball right now, but those are the things that he's working on. The next step for him is being able to lead the club le- clubhouse at a major league level, lead the pitcher-catcher meetings. Being a C1 at the major league level is not just catching the ball. It's just it's not just trying to throw guys out on second base. It's all of it. It's leading a pitching staff. It's calling pitches. It's leading advanced work with our analysts. It's like a quarterback in football. Yes, he can probably come up here and be great right away. I hope that's the answer. But if you can spend a little bit more time to be sure, we're hoping that's going to get us set up for the future. So then they come up and follow up this question, which I think is very kind of important. They asked him, is there, is there a concern that he'd come up here and only catch once or twice a week? Because I have heard that amongst people, especially on Twitter, 
saying, well, maybe that's what it is. Maybe right now they don't want him to catch four or five times. Like you can't get worse than what they're getting out of the catcher position. So I don't know why we're having this conversation. But anyway, this is what he was asked, and this is what his response. That's the hard part. That's the challenge is you can bring – that's the challenge is you can bring him up here. Is he good enough to play on this team? Yes. But if he catches once or twice a week versus six times a week in Columbus, does he learn or get the opportunity to do what he what we want him to do? At some point, you're hoping that he's an everyday catcher. How do you even do that? You you be an everyday catcher in Columbus. So you can bring up a catcher two or maybe even a catcher three because we're carrying three catchers. But is that the best way to prepare him? I don't think so. But I don't see how he's not catcher one just because there is no catcher one. I'm sorry. I'll finish the quote. We can have this conversation. But again, we're trying to figure these things out. We're trying to make the best decisions we can. We don't have a crystal ball to tell us exactly how he's going to be, exactly how he's going to be great. There's guys in the past like Oscar Gonzalez who started off really, really good. He's in AAA now. We're trying to figure it out. Richie Polanco's Palacio, sorry, came up here and was really, really good. He's in AAA trying to figure it out. So coming up. Having a short stint at the major league level, even a short stint of success, doesn't mean that the guy's figuring it out. Sometimes they have to go back to AAA. We're hoping that's not the path for Bo. It likely will be, but we're trying to prepare him as much as we can so we can get can make the right decision. So I'll pass it to you guys. Thoughts on those comments about Bo Naylor and Bo Naylor overall? I know Roger has a lot to say on this topic, so I'm, I'm going to give most of the floor there. Um, but I just I just want to say, I, Jacob, I think your point is Zunino, the Zunino's not working. The, the Guardians right now are, in general, winning despite especially his play at, at, at the plate. And I agree. I agree that it really can't get much worse from that perspective. So... If you've got a guy who's hitting the crap out of the ball, I just don't understand it. Like, we know we know their goal is to win the division again. We know their goal is to make a playoff run. And so while I understand the idea of being patient and, and you don't want to rush these types of things, I would argue that the more experience we could get Bo Naylor at the MLB, at, at the big league level right now, the more ready he will be for hopefully – a playoff run that the Guardians are trying to trying to go on. So that's my biggest thing right now. Is is Zunino is is just looks looks lost at the plate. I, I hate I hate being critical of a guy, but he he just does. That's the fact of the matter. I, I don't have his batting average in front of me. We all know it's bad. So I just I don't see the reason to continue. At some point, I think you just have to say this six million dollars is a sunk cost. That's it. Let's move on. I, I, that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, um, a lot of things that everybody's saying that it has to do with service time. You, you see that, and organizations can beat up for doing it, for holding players back. And we talked about the last show where it was 182 to 176 days after that they occur, they get a full-year service time. But what they have is every offseason, and this is from MLB.com, that every offseason they have what they call the Super 2 cutoff. And it determines by looking at the top 22% of all players who fall between two and three years of service time. So if a player finishes in the top 22% that season, um, they'll qualify for an extra year of arbitration or early. So right now, Bo Naylor has seven seven days of service time so far. 
Another thing they protect themselves from, because it doesn't matter when you call a kid up, if he wins the uh, rookie of the year, um, mm-hmm. the service time that automatically kicks in right then and there. Uh, do they think Bo Naylor was capable of winning rookie of the year? Where if you think, well, it might happen, you hold him back to where his numbers, there's enough rookies that get out of the gate to build enough lead on it to where he's not even in the conversation. I don't think anything that's going on with, with that, um, be it the Super 22, be it uh, service time. When I read that today, which you just read, I 100% believe they have all their eggs in the Bo Naylor basket in their system as far as catchers coming up. Um, they didn't go hard after Murphy because of Bo Naylor. Um, I think that, okay, if you if you t- take into consideration the Super 2 deadline, the last five or six years, that cutoff, and every year it changes the exact date, but it's been around this weekend. So at that point, what you want to do is 10 days after that is when you can start calling up kids that won't fall underneath that window. So around the 18th, 19th, maybe the 20th of this month is probably when you're going to see Bo Naylor come up because then he won't qualify for this arbitration. If I'm understanding it correctly, he has no way that he'll fall into that 22 percentile um, and gain that, that that extra arbitration. Um, that's what I've read. It, and it's like reading stereo instructions. It's like reading the instructions to put a bookshelf together. <laughs> trying to figure this stuff out, man. It's very just, you know, it's a, you ever see um, uh, Beetlejuice where he's reading the book of the, the living, and he's like, this thing reads like stereo instructions. It's just like one sentence into the next and neither one of them makes sense with you. It's just difficult, man. I think by the 20th, 21st, the last week of June, you're going to see Bo Naylor in our dugout. That's okay. what I believe. The other thing about it is, who do you keep to help this young kid and everything that the vice president, everything he talked about, handling the staff, being the quarterback? Do you trust Gallagher enough? He played three years. He was a backup. He played in Kansas City. Um, he's a veteran, technically. Or do you have a guy like Zanino and keep him around? Um, I said on Dog Chug, Ron Hassey backup, Bo Naylor. Uh, you know, uh, Tony Pena was here to back up Sandy Alomar, you know, and, and that's. When you have a young catcher, you want a good, solid veteran. Zanino hasn't been here that long, but he knows his staff by now. Um, so it's not an automatic that Zanino's gone. He just may get a demotion, you know, okay. and, and be that veteran presence. Um, I don't know. I don't know what they'll do if that's that important. Maybe I think with Tito and with our pitching staff and with the way they are nurturing young Bo Naylor, I think it is. So – I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that with Zanino. Yeah, absolutely. Okay absolutely. Yeah, he's I feel there. better that way with Zanino staying in Gallagher gone. Or, you know, right now they have three catchers. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't think it's a given that Zanino's completely gone. Though. I think they still like to have that veteran in that room helping, to, you know, Bo Naylor with that staff. So they're going to go on the road. Let's Let's look ahead as we wrap this thing up here for this week. So they're heading out of town for a little while. Uh, they're off to Monday. So heading yeah. into San Diego and then a, a really, really interesting task next weekend with, with Arizona, who's playing really good baseball right now. Um, so I don't know. So you got – is it six? Yeah, it's a six-game trip. 
if you can find a way to keep this thing rolling, go three and three on that trip, especially if you can get a couple from Arizona because that's a really good club. Uh, you know, because you would feel good. It's yeah. not doesn't mean anything in the in the standings necessarily, and because they're, you're going for some national league teams here, but uh, it it's a really good opportunity to go on the road, go west coast, and match up against some really good teams to say, hey, look, we're playing really good baseball. Can we continue to play really good baseball and do it on the road? Because that's where they've kind of been lacking. Um, so I've, that's my thing. If they can find a way to go three and three on the road, I think it would be a successful week going in uh, to another homestand. Is it? I didn't look. Is it Oakland coming back to Cleveland? Yes. Or is that part of a road trip? It's just a two, two series road trip. Um, yeah. Yep. Right. Uh, Padres and Diamondbacks. Yep. And then they Arizona. come back home to play to play the A's. Yeah, right? they come home for the A's and the Brewers. Okay, I thought the A's were part of the road trip. And I, at first I was thinking, I don't mind taking just one game out of the Padres Diamondbacks and sweep the A's and still come home a game over 500. But you're mm-hmm. right, if we, can, if we can go 500, I don't care out of the six games, win three of them. I don't care how you do it, just like you said, man. It's very important at this point that they start 500 on the road. You know, a yep. road trip. I stopped looking at. Oh, they dropped it. They were one. You know, they went. They won one out of three this series. I'll start looking at the whole package this time of year, the whole road trip, the whole homestand, and see what the numbers are at the end of it. You know, and that's really how baseball should be looked at all the way through the year. Um, it's it's difficult. I feel really good about their like. Obviously, San Diego is really good, and that's going to be a tough test, but. You're coming in as hot as you've been all year. So the timing is pretty good. And you guys inspired me. So I just did a, a little a little stat checking. Um, and as of yesterday, Josh Naylor had the second longest hitting streak in baseball at 10 games. As of today, Ramon Laureano did not get a hit, whereas Josh Naylor did. So Josh Naylor currently has the longest active hitting streak in the MLB at... at yeah, where did my stats go? Sorry, at eleven games in a row, eleven games in a row, Josh Naylor's got a hit. That, that I don't know, man. I'm feeling I'm feeling good about it. it and and yes, I I would still accept five hundred. But I, I I mean, if you told me that they go four and two, five and one in these next six, I I wouldn't be shocked. I think they could. I wanted to real quick congratulate Kevin Love. Uh, him and his wife yesterday welcomed their first child. So. So, so good for Kevin Love. I happen to just see that. Yeah, okay. listen, guys, we have loosely done some predictions on this show and never held ourselves accountable. So, going forward, starting now, we're going to make some predictions, some week to week predictions. We're going to go head to head, and we'll find out. You guys send us some messages what you think the 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 winner gets or the losers get or whatever. Sure. And let's do this. Let's let's All do right. some predictions. So. Since I just came up with this idea, I'll, let, I'll go first. I'll let you guys have an opportunity to think about it uh, so that I'm not putting you so much on the spot because I was already thinking about it while you guys were okay. talking. I'm like, I'm like, is it going to be stupid? Like, what am I going to? I'm going to. Okay. So Tristan McKenzie struggled a little bit. Yeah. That's a way to put it. And he didn't have the strikeout numbers we thought. I say that McKenzie's next start, he will have double-digit Ks. Ooh, okay. Wow. All right. 
I think he just needed. I think he was just working out some right. stuff. I think he was I just working it. out some stuff, and I think he's going to be back. I feel a theme. Go ahead, Nick. You want to go? Right. Or you want me to go? No, no, you're fine. Um, as we said, the Guardians are a game and a half back in the division, and I know it's a road trip. I know it could be tough. I'm going to say that by the next time we record this show, the Guardians will be in first place of the AL Central. That's where I'm at. Okay. They're going to be there. Game and a half. Cover it, baby. All right. Well, Friday night we all sat through a game that was probably one of the most exciting baseball games of the year. Yep. And it, But it started out with our young lefty, our big lefty, in there, and he got shelled. Nine hits, five earned runs. He walked two batters and only struck out four. My prediction is his next start, when will he be going? That was Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. He'd probably go in like Thursday or Friday. Um, I don't know. But his next start, I got 10 Ks. Okay. 10 Ks and one run, one earned run. Wow. And he's going to go seven. Oh, baby. Seven. Well, you went really in depth with that one. Yeah. Okay. Do I get a window? That's, do I get a plus or minus? I, I'll tell you what. Yeah, you can you can put a plus or minus. On okay, one. give me plus or minus two on eight. How about that? On eight. Okay. Eight Ks. All right. Uh, eight plus Ks. Yeah, yeah give me eight. Good. Yeah, give me eight Ks. Okay. Ten's ten's asking a lot, but ten, I got to him because he's the real deal. Logan Allen's the real deal. You're going to okay. see him make the adjustments. They were first pitch swinging out of the gate Friday night. And even Hamilton was saying on the radio, because I was driving up to Westlake and back to see my mom. She had knee surgery. And they were swinging first pitch, man. He was That was it. They were every pitch he threw, they were swinging at first pitch. Uh, you're going to see him make the adjustments. I got eight strikeouts. I got seven innings. And Logan Allen gets the win at his next wow. start. That's like, that's like a parlay right there. Yes, yeah. it is. We are so incredibly thankful for every, everybody. The most valuable thing you can give somebody is some of your time. So we thank you again for giving some of yours to us. I'm going to go power wash my deck so that I can stain it. Uh, <laughs> when I've go. got a new power washer or the tractor supply. So I'm going to go out there and strip, strip some of that. But if you're new here, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you're on YouTube. Subscribe. Give us a thumbs up if you're listening on one of the audio formats, consider rating the show. We appreciate all of you. Excellent. This has been this has been an episode yeah, we of living know. the guard life. Some episode, who knows? Okay. Just like the Guardians, we're heating up to Ooh. an episode. Yeah, I'm Nick. Episode. He's Jacob. He's Roger. Go guards. Sorry, I, I, uh, Statue of Liberty. <laughs>